Welcome to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March, and I am here with a new co-host today. Yeah, I hit the on button. There you go. I gotcha. <laughs> we got Lindsay Gunsel in the seat. How are you doing, Lindsay? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here, but I'm so excited to see the sunshine outside. No kidding. We have been waiting for this. My God, I did not know how under that spell day today. We're today supposed to tomorrow. walk into some gorgeousness, which is good because there's a lot of fests and things happening this yes, weekend. I, in fact, am actually going to a winery out in your neck of the woods. Oh, you are? I think we're going to Schramm later today. Schramm is a little, is in Wakoni a little yes. south but what a fun space yeah. have you ever been there i have been okay. there so we have friends who are moving out east so they're doing their like last little get together yeah more orno grads in oh, fact my, my god goodness, we could spend all day talking about orno yeah but, but no. we won't listeners we won't <laughs> <laughs> no so we're gonna go out there and, and play outside we are the couple not bringing kids oh so we're doing an outside space for the people who do have kids oh so they can run around and, that's a good thing yeah i mean if you're gonna bring a kid to a bar basically, basically. it should have a good outside area I yeah think. i know but it, it doesn't feel as bad no it never feels bad all right tell me about who by the way is Lindsay gunsel <laughs> oh gosh where to begin? why are you here i haven't been to therapy in a couple of okay, weeks okay well so we know. often do therapy on this show good. it's normally hanson at therapy but that's fine good so yeah. i uh, i'm born and raised in Minnesota. I grew up in this great little town called New Prague, which I'll mention later when we talk about fall festivals. Yes. They have a great one coming up. I'm the youngest of four girls. Uh, I fell into cooking and I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I started off in media and I actually got my career started in sports and I yeah. really love sports. I was at my dad's daughter through and through and loved baseball and was lucky enough to work for Major League Baseball. And when I moved back from New York, I kind of was like, fidgeting around with my career yeah trying to figure out what's next and i think i know why i fell into cooking and why i love food so much is because i'm i'm a helper you know when you take those the yep. tests and they tell you you know what your number is like i'm a through and through i'm a helper and my love language is taking care of people yeah. and i think that's why i've adopted food as that kind of comfort as that oh, something's wrong or we need to celebrate or something is, big is happening and, and food is that correlation. Yeah. And so for the last couple of years, I've just been cooking and sharing recipes on my website and been lucky enough to book at some of the stations across town, be here with you and I love food. I love hosting. You know, like I love watching your stories, especially when you do your <laughs> dinner parties. Because if I could throw a dinner party like three yeah. times a week, I would. Wouldn't you? Oh my gosh. I think that's the, there's a specific kind of person who's yes. just like, come to me, people, and yes. I will feed you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I joke that I'm like a mommy blogger, but yeah. without the without kids. kids. <laughs> I don't have kids. Right. I've been a nanny a, a long time. Yeah. People trust me with their kids. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with kids, but I don't have them. But all of the stuff I'm doing is kind of like for that really busy lifestyle. Yeah. So it fits in well with this mommy blogger on the go. I know. Right. Okay. So you, what was, how did you, as as far as like eating and growing up, cooking your parents or your, your family, your household, was there a lot of like home cooking? Oh yes. Every night. Okay. Yeah. My mom, my mom is an amazing cook. Actually, both my parents amazing cooks in very different ways. And my mom, for the most part of my childhood, was stay-at-home mom. And so we had a day. We got up. We had breakfast together. We went shopping. Again, this is before I started school. We, you know, we went yeah. shopping. We went up to the Galleria, and we would get hot chocolates and walk around. Oh, this is a good memory. And then we would go home, and we'd eat, get dinner ready. Yeah. And my sisters would come home, and it was a lot of comfort foods, pot roasts and potatoes and carrots and 
even to this day, my mom, if she's cooking dinner for 10, we should probably invite over 25 because that's how much food is going to be on the table. Oh my gosh. And then there was a switch in kind of the family dynamics. My dad retired at 62. My dad was older when I was born. He was 46. So there was a a big kind of big switch. And my mom went to work and my dad stayed at home. And so it changed from these big kind of elaborate meals to more simple things. My dad was a fisherman. He loved kind of the idea of the shore lunch. Yes. That was his thing. We fish fried at the cabin every Friday night. Right. Corn on the cob, fresh green beans, sliced tomatoes with salt and pepper. And so I'm a uh, very simple cook. Mm -hmm. I don't do things that are over dramatic or you know, I'm never going to share a recipe that someone's going to go, I have no idea what that is. Right. That's just not my thing. I just like good, simple things that taste delicious and can be used multiple ways. And okay. a lot of that comes from family dynamics. So. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So if you had one kitchen thing, one tool in your kitchen or that you couldn't live without. Slow cooker. Slow cooker. I, I joke. <laughs> She's a crockpotter, people. I'm a crockpotter. I, I gave myself the title about a year and a half ago when the influencer crowd got really big. <laughs> I started calling myself a crockpot influencer. And I think I'm not, you might be. I'm not going to name the reporter, but there was someone in town, a, a well-respected reporter who was like, and uh, crockpot influencer, how do you get that title? How do you get that? How do you be that person? And I was like, oh, you just call yourself Actually, that. you make that up. You just make you it make up. You make it up and you go with it. Yeah, it's it's... There's this line from this movie in my my adolescence, this cheesy rom-com. And it was like, basically, if you uh, just start saying it over and over again, people <laughs> fall into line. Yep. Yeah. Here's the, here's another clue. Just carry a clipboard yeah. wherever you go and people respect you. Yeah. I, I actually broke into a construction site earlier this week. I'm not going to tell you where because... It might. It was a. It's some. It was a restaurant that's under okay. construction. Okay. And uh, and I kept trying to like get access to it, and they kept not calling me back. So I was like, I'm just gonna go drive by. I have a clipboard in my car, and I walk around with a clipboard, and like none of the construction guys care. They don't know who you are. Right. They don't. They're not they're in not charge. You. Yeah, they're not in charge either. So they're like, oh, this is a person who's got to go look at things. I'm like, yep, I'm here with a clipboard. Act like you're supposed to be there. Clearly, I'm in charge of something. Here, I thought you were you know, sticking into steel tools or something. No, I love that. Getting the scoop. Yeah, no, and I was walking around and kind of understanding like what's going on since they won't call me back, you know, and let me know. It's funny how many like people don't get. Well, and it's also weird with media, too, because they're like they think that they want to control every possible thing. But then they tell like Johnny on the sidewalk about everything. And you're like, well, then Johnny called me and told me what's going on. But you won't confirm it's a weird thing. Weird how scoops happen. Yeah, I know. Weird, and scoops weird, don't weird. even really exist anymore because everyone, it all the information is out there. And the second you get it, then you say it. And then six other people say it. And so no one really knows where anything comes from. No. And, and <laughs> this thank, is good, thank goodness moment. we're gone of the days of people like first with the scoop, you know, yeah. it's like it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Hurt. You no. know, years ago. The scoop that kind of got my foot in the door career-wise was breaking Joe Maurer's engagement oh, on my website. What? And you'll love this because I was, I, at the time I was at, uh, I was working at KFAN yeah. as an intern and I was at Fox Sports North and I was just, you know, when you're trying to make it, you're just doing whatever comes along. Yep. But I was bartending at Jake's City Girl out in Plymouth. Yes. And I had a Sunday night shift, which are like the worst shifts. Of because, course. Because, you know, football's over. Yeah, if no one's coming yeah. out. Yeah. And I got the scoop. I confirmed it. I threw it up on my website, and then I went to work. Yeah. And it wasn't until 
a TV station in town called Jake City Grill to get me on the phone that I was like, oh, and I looked oh. and it was like blown up 50 some thousand. <laughs> you know, it was just insanity. But over Joe Maurer's engagement. I know. Is it the weirdest thing ever? So weird. I know. Speaking of which, just only because it's in that same... We were tweeting last night. All right, so I I went to Orno's homecoming because, you know, that's what I do. And... um. There, so we're just leaving. The crew is, you know, 1989, class of 89, 30th reunion. We're, we're all hanging out. We'd been at my house. We all went to the game. And then we were kind of like, I think they were not winning also. Like, Orna wasn't winning. So the, the vibe was not exactly like hugely rah-rah. But so then we decided we're going to all, we're going to, you know, after halftime, we're going to bust out and go to the Red Rooster, which is just the local bar. And, um. Good spot, by the way. Good spot. Great, great. Well, spot. and you guys, most people know I named their double cheeseburger as one of the best. Seriously. So good. Okay. Tip. Um. So we, uh, so we all, as we're walking out, I look over and I'm like, how do I know that guy? That's one of those moments that people do it to me. But like, this was, he's in an Orno cap and an Orno sweatshirt. He looks like a dad. He, he looked like a dad. It was Justin Morneau. Mm -hmm. He's holding a baby and like rocking back and forth, talking to a bunch of people. And I'm like, how do I know that guy? Is he like a dad of a friend? And my friend next to me, she goes, um, that's Justin Morneau. And I'm like, oh, yes. I'm like, he's in district. He's an Orno dad. He is an Orno dad. In fact, we were tweeting back and forth. Yeah. He was the baseball coach for our nephew's team this year. Unofficial because he right. was doing so much work with Fox Sports North. But I have to tell you, it was so adorable because the kids didn't quite get it. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, like, like he wasn't playing when they were alive. You yeah. know, like they're like six, he's just seven, like an old guy. He's just like this cool dad who, you know, knows a lot about baseball. Yeah. But watching the dads. Oh, that's the the, best part. Oh, it was so good. We went to a couple of games and we're standing there and these dads walk up and, you know, and they're like, yeah, it's, did you see Justin? But here's the thing is like, that's got to be kind of cool because these guys would have been, you know, they're, let's say like late 30s. So like in the prime of their 20s was when Justin was like really good, like right coming up. Yeah. If you're a baseball fan and you're a Minnesotan, you know that You know that name. And then all of a sudden he's standing on the pitcher's mound like throwing balls to your kid. Cool. I know. Only in Minnesota. Only in Minnesota. Minnesota. I know. I love that. That is seriously what is the greatest thing about us all. I love it. All right. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. We come back. We're going to talk with Kathy Mays from Lows and Fishes. And then we have a great show today. We're going to talk a little bit about some slow cooker thing. Lindsay's going to tip us off to that. We are going to talk about something that's a little bit devilish and illicit in the term. And it goes by the name of Wapatui. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we are being joined in studio by Kathy Mays. Hi Kathy, how are you? Great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. You are with Loaves and Fishes, which is an organization in the Twin Cities that feeds people. And, uh, you know, this is September is Hunger Action. Is it Hunger Action Awareness or how do we say it? I think that's it. It's all about hunger. <laughs> it's all about hunger. And I think, for me, I think it's a brilliant it's a brilliant time to have it because not only because of harvest and people are thinking about, you know, kind of harvesting vegetables in the time of year, but it's also back to school. Mm-hmm. And that's a big time where a lot of families, you know, their lives change and everything kind of gets more difficult for people who are kind of struggling with hunger. Tell us a little bit about Loaves and Fishes, first of all. Sure. So Loaves and Fishes has been around since the early 80s. Um, we currently have 31 open to the public dining sites, which means we open our doors and invite anyone in, mm-hmm. um, serve healthy, nutritious meals. We are on par to serve 1.3 million meals in 2019. That's incredible. Yeah. 1.3 million meals. We'll actually hit our millionth meal right around October 1st. Wow. 
Wow. Crazy. That is crazy. It's good and, and exciting. It's a, it's a great organization. I feel like we're innovative. We're finding ways to feed more people. Uh, and at the same time, it, it's, it's real. And hunger is, is something that needs to be talked about. And, and what you just said about going back to school, there's so many parents that are thankful for those free and yeah. reduced lunches. Mm-hmm. People think we're really busy at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. And really, July is our busiest month ever. Really? In the entire year. Because of? Because of children being, children out. being out of school. Mm-hmm. Right. That is a, that is. And parents come to us and say, I've, I've got three children and it's expensive. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about your dinners, where you do them. We do lunches and dinners. We're in uh, 11 counties. Mm-hmm. We're here centrally, mostly in, in the Twin Cities and some, you know, surrounding suburbs. And then up in Aiken mm-hmm. and Cass County and down in Marshall, where we're really testing out and trying to see what it's like to feed rural poverty and and um, what how, what it takes to do that. Well, and uh, and you you you're in like churches, but you're in community centers. Like the dinners and the things you host, it's not like there's a there's not like you know there's not like a loaves and fishes place you go. It's you kind of use places that are in people's communities, right? Correct. So it's mostly walkable, able to get to them easily. Um, and then and we have an exciting new venture for the last year and a half. We've been helping other nonprofits with food. That's great. Yeah. So small nonprofits that um, are residential. Maybe their uh, mental health, uh, domestic violence, youth homelessness, and they can come to us and get food for their program. That's amazing. It's really, it's been very, very exciting. I think it's also, people are surprised. You know, I think one of the things when I first started, like, you know, talking about loaves and fishes, we were, you know, talking about, um, I was talking with people in my community and we've, you know, we're out in the Western suburbs and they, people were surprised at the fact that there is hunger out in the affluent areas, you know, and in the suburbs. And they all think of it as like, no, there's just people who are in need in the cities. And I think there's sort of a, not an understanding of the fact that it's, it's everywhere. It is. Everywhere. It doesn't really, there's no geographic, you know, space for hunger. It's all over. It could be your next door neighbor. Yeah. That might be, um, having a hard time paying their rent, paying their mortgage. Maybe they have a large medical bill mm-hmm. and hunger is, is that, and food is, I think of it as kind of elastic. You know, you, you can, um, Buy really expensive food, buy inexpensive food, or go hungry. Yeah. And if you're going hungry, man, I hope you're coming to Loaves and Fishes. Right. Right. And so people just show up. There's, you don't have to apply. No. You don't have to, there's, you know. There's nothing. There's nothing. You just show up for, for lunch or dinner. Right. And, and something that's really interesting, Stephanie, is we watch our demographics. Um, senior population is on the rise. When I started about yeah. six years ago, our population of seniors was right around the 20% mm-hmm. of, of the people that we were serving and it's now over 50%. So it's, it's could be my mom and dad. It could be your parents. It's, it's uh, interesting to watch. And we, we say that we nourish people in a couple of different ways with really healthy, nutritious food and also with company. There are people that I would say loneliness um, is just as lethal and deadly as heart disease. Yeah. I, I, that is very true. And that the community that you have there at the dinners and the lunches and, and the feeling of there's, it's very much that sort of like, we're all here together having dinner together. We're, we're breaking bread. We're having a meal together. It's, there's no shame of like, okay, I'm at a soup kitchen where I'm just going to have my thing and sit in the corner. I've, you know, the couple that I've been to is just sort of, it's just, it's like, I kind of want to keep coming back. You know, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a, that is a gift that you guys have really instilled to understand about nourishing that whole piece. Right. And, and we have, we take pictures of all of our meals 
because they're fresh and they're healthy. And you said soup kitchen. Yeah. And that for many people connotates uh, broth and stale bread. Yeah. And ours are not. You have a farm. Talk about the farm. You just told me how many pounds of food came off your farm. Were about 10,000 pounds came off, (sighs) came off. And that made about 70,000 meals. I mean, that's incredible. Isn't and this great? is a little farm. Well, there's a co- you have a couple sites now. because We have an acre in Coon Rapids. And then we have, and that's great because large groups can come and volunteer. And then we have um, large beds in St. Paul and, and Richfield and well, Egan. Wow. I mean, that's... It's very exciting. And, yeah. And to, to be able to do uh, meals with fresh herbs and... Um, you know, carrots right from the ground. It's pretty cool. That is kind of, and so then you also that, because that's another thing that we had talked about a long time ago was the fact that it's not just about, you know, cans and boxes. And that doesn't necessarily, those nutri, they're welcome and, and you don't want to poo-poo food when it comes to you, but you also want to bring that nutrition value to people who are hungry. That is the thing that is, they, they miss the most is, is that nutri- nutritive thing that kind of keeps you going. And so you guys were like, we're not just going to feed you, but we're going to feed you well and with healthy things. Right. And we do survey our guests once a year and initial survey results are coming back that 81% of our guests say that the food is helping them be healthy. Yeah. And food's medicine. Yeah. That's for sure. I love that. That's a really good point. And it's something that I think, you know, when you think about fighting hunger, a lot of people, they just buy the bag or they, you know, but I think thinking a bit about it holistically, you know, and kind of healing the person within, that is a huge part of this. Correct. Yeah. So let's talk about the fundraiser because you guys have something coming up. Yes. September 28th, we have our, our major fundraiser and it's called a warehouse affair. We invite people to come and have amazing food from different restaurants and uh, tour our warehouse. We have live auction, silent auction, and you can wear jeans and You can be just and, chill and have a good time. And um, it's fun for people to see the warehouse and really the scope of how much food we cycle through. Yeah. that's And so you'll have tours and, and kind of people get to learn and understand. and Yep. And videos. And, and videos. And all the fun and stuff. Oh, I love it. Okay. So tickets. So it's on September 28th. It's from 530 to 930. Uh, how much are tickets? 125. 125. And you guys can, we're going to put the, uh, we're going to put the link up so you can go. But there's menus, stuff from so many great people. We've got Pimento Jamaican Kitchen is doing stuff. Uh, Cafe Latte, you know, Black Stack Brewing will be there. Dual Citizen just down the road from us. Lots of really fun, good stuff. And it's kind of like, there's, uh, it looks like there's just like a lot of fun things like hanging out, right? Right. And we, we work with Solo Vino and they are, Making certain that the barbecue has the right wine, that the Chuck's good like that, right? <laughs> Chuck knows what we to all do. Are nodding, yeah, we know exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and that the um, that Jamaican kitchen, yeah. the, that the jerk chicken has the right beer. So it's really going to be exciting. Good. Yeah. I want to ask Kathy for someone yeah. who's maybe listening and is like, "This is something that I I could really get behind," and m- maybe they can't necessarily throw money towards the solution, how are some ways that they can get involved, whether it's going to one of the meals or volunteering, that sort of thing? Right. On, online, you can sign up to volunteer. We have 10,000 volunteers. And uh, you can sign up even tonight if you wanted to volunteer. I'm sure there's a spot open. And, and you jump on the line and, and you'll serve the salad or scoop up some of the, the casserole, whatever the, whatever the meal is tonight. Um, and so it's a great way to get your family involved. You can bring your children 
we just won't have them cut, you know, <laughs> cut, keep the knives away. Right. right. Um, but there's nothing more beautiful than a five-year-old handing another five-year-old a banana. Yeah. You know, getting, getting kids ready to, to serve is, is fantastic. Well, I love when I drive around the metro area and I see your little pop-up signs outside mm-hmm. of a church or a community yep. center mm-hmm. that dinner is being served tonight and just how welcoming that feels. And it's really one hour. It's we're one and done in an hour and then we clean up the tables and, and we'll do it again the next night. So what's exciting is that we are at so many locations that you can get a meal seven days a week. And I'm very proud of that. That is our organization to be able to do that. That is really something. Yes. Oh, well, well done. You are doing some really good work, Kathy. And and Loaves and Fishes is one of my favorite projects. And in fact, if you go to the, uh, by the way, if you guys go to the fundraiser, you can bid on a live action or or a silent auction piece to come in studio and hang out with us. So, and then go for breakfast or lunch. Yeah, we're gonna afterwards. yeah we're gonna brunch it up. So don't yes. you worry, we're gonna brunch it up. Uh, so there it is. So don't forget September twenty eighth. We'll put the ticket link up. You guys, it's a good night, and you should be ready to hang out and have some good times. Thank Thanks. you so much for having us. Thanks, Kathy. We'll be right back. Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. That was so wonderful. Kathy Mays is a gift to this community. I'm just going to tell you and all the people at Loaves and Fishes. It's amazing. I'm Stephanie March. I'm hanging out with Lindsay Gunsel today, by the way, if you hadn't caught that. We uh, we are. She is kind of. Uh, well, let's say it. She's given herself the title of Crockpot Crock influencer. influencer. And I am here for that. For hashtag. Her. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> oh, I goodness. love that. So, OK, let's. And you're going to talk a little bit about yes. some. I mean, do you say crockpot or do you say slow cooker? I mean, it depends on how worried I am about, you know, crockpot coming after me. We were just talking, you know, Kathy said she loves her Instant Pot and Instant Pot is the brand. Right. It's it's a pressure cooker. Right. You know, I've got a Cuisinart at home. I still call it an Instant Pot. You just kind of fall into it. It is. Well, like it's crockpot. We grew up knowing crockpot. And then all of a sudden I feel like they were like, no, no. That's an actual thing. And then there's slow cookers. Right. Well, I think it's because Crock-Pot was getting a little I think they were. agitated that people were using it without giving them proper Can I say edit. that my mom had like a pot? Like, uh, I mean, like the like one of the slow cooker pots that looked like a little ceramic pot, like the actual crock pot, like back in the 70s. And I was like, because I said to someone, well, you know, because they used to be like pots and there. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, it was like a like a pot like it was a plugged in pot they were kind of like not believing me that that's what crock pot was yeah it's it's an interesting thing because we did grow up with them and now it's becoming like this super trendy thing don't you think it's 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 a little bit weird yeah like the way that it now can rule people's lives well and i think what's funny about it is when we were little if we just backtrack like to like the 80s 90s right your crock pot was what your mom busted out when you were going to a family reunion or you know maybe you were going down to church and she had to bring something you know it wasn't on the counter weekly no and it wasn't like trendy no and it wasn't something that like you would even recognize as part of like your your cooking life no and I don't want to say it's sexy now but like there's something about some of them are kind of sexy but there's something about this push behind slow cooker meals and the way people are using them and and maybe it's just in the promotion and the the beautiful photos yeah. and the presentation and the I think a lot of it is because of well first of all our lives are so busy and crock pots slow cookers make it easier yes. to do to give yourself like a hot meal when you come home from work or soccer practice and doing all the things they definitely make life easier for home cooks yes so that's the first part of it and then the second part of it is you know just I think 
the uh, information age and our social media moments of making everything we're doing important and beautiful. What? Really? <laughs> I, have we built careers on this? Just, I, just maybe, checking. Maybe just a little bit. Just checking. <laughs> but, and that's wonderful and awesome. Yes. And I think in a weird way, we want to share and celebrate. And there's nothing different than sharing a picture versus sharing a spoonful of pulled pork. You know, it's all part of that same ethos of like, let's all be in this together. And I also think the way we're using slow cookers has changed. You know, I, uh, oh gosh, one of my favorite recipes, people are like, well, what, what do you love to make in a slow cooker? And yeah. I'll, I'll name off, you know, my, my go-to right now is this uh, spicy chicken fajita bowl. And it's just got everything in it. You just throw it in there. It doesn't turn out mushy. It's, you know, the veggies are cooked perfectly and you can serve it in so many different ways. But I also love making like banana walnut monkey bread in there. Yeah. And people are like, wait, what? Yeah. That's not a chili. That's not a chili. There's no how pulled do, pork in that. How do you how do you bake something in a slow cooker? And you're like, yeah. well, I think we all have a misconception on what it's supposed to be used for. And that right. was kind of the idea. You dumped your chili in there and yeah. or your nacho cheese. Oh, you know, the God. Did you have some last night at the football game? Uh, I don't think I did. I did eat tater tots, but I didn't eat any nacho cheese. Jealous. I know. I would have taken the tater tots into the nacho cheese. I know. Cheese, but I that's know. just how I roll. I know. I would have too. There just was no nacho cheese available. <laughs> I, I will say this at our house, we had our housewarming a year ago, literally a year ago, and I went to every place in town trying to find just one of those giant cans yeah. of the, oh. the cheese. And yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere. Really? Yeah. So if you've got the hint, hit me up on Twitter, Lindsay yeah. Gensel, because I would I would keep some of those in like the pantry storage. Yes, yeah, yeah. storage. You Not would, like right next to the fridge. But what we used to call the shelter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so I use my slow cooker a lot for meal prepping during the week, and so I have tons of recipes on my website. Super easy stuff. But what I love to do is we'll host people randomly for like Sunday football games. Yeah, you know, like. Vikings Packers on Sunday. Come oh, is that over. this Sunday? It is already. Oh, wow. Yeah, it feels it's early. early. Yeah. It's weird because it's this Sunday and then December 23rd. So it's like, wow, opposite ends of the schedule. Okay. And I don't feel like I'm ready for it yet. Right. I was going to say, sports ballers like you, you're like, this is a thing. And it's like a thing that you have to kind of be in the, you have to get in your lane for it. Well, and I'm going to say this and Vikings fans might get mad. I really don't care the outcome of the game. I like what I get to eat and drink during this the game. is like a mini Super Bowl. It's like a it's like a camp. Yes, it's almost like a training camp for Super Bowl. I like that this training is, you camp can for use Super that. Bowl. You I can like use that. that. I will take that. Because I, mean, I, will I that. won't Thank say you. it again. Just hand that over. <laughs> no, but it is you. Let you know you have people come over. You test out recipes. People bring stuff. I love hosting because I always just say BYOB. Yeah, and then people bring too much BYOB. Yeah, and then it just kind of ends up. We get this little beer cooler. Then going you have an awesome season. sort of yeah. A That's a smart idea. Yeah, because then people bring a six pack or a twelve pack of their favorite beer. They maybe have three, then they leave them. Yeah, get random bottles of wine. Oh yeah, I'm set for set for the football this season. Is, I like the stack up. I yeah. like the stack up. Yeah. That's good. But so my what I'll do with slow cooking is I'll I'll pick a recipe for the week, and I'm probably in the minority. I can eat the same thing every day for lunch and and not flinch. Like if I find a recipe I like, I'll make that for the week. I'll set it up in the fridge. My boyfriend, on the other hand, you know, we've been cohabitating for three and a half years about, and I would say. Eating is the thing we fight about the most. <laughs> he is Mr. Food Boredom. He can't eat the same thing. Oh, he and I are friends. Yeah, yeah. he can't eat the same yeah. thing. Um, e- even the other day, he said to me, you know, uh, well, your, your your fajita slow cooker is really good, but I, I would really prefer it if we would cook the beans separately. And I was like, well, that would be great if you cook the beans separately. Yeah, go right I ahead. I just leave that right there for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's it's interesting when you're cooking for two people. I, I don't know how people with families do it. 
Oh, you will. <laughs> I mean, like, like you, it just happens. Like, and you sort of scale up. I'll tell you what's harder is scaling down because, like, I still cook. Like, I have six people in my house. There's two of us left. Yeah. You know what I mean? All the rest are grown and fill in the coop. And then there's days where I'm like, oh, I... I made three pounds of chili, huh? Okay, because that's the recipe that I'd always used. Yep. Thank God we freeze things. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I, I need to get a big old freezer. I don't even garage. have one, but like, I, I think about it a lot. I think about it all the time. The other day, John said to me, do you think we could start eating some of the food in the freezer? Because it's, I get into this habit of like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna batch cook this, yes. and I'm going to batch cook that, and then I'm labeling everything, and it's all in the freezer, but I just keep making it instead of eating it so yeah. i have to be better about that i know because you enjoy the act of creation like you love the cooking it like someone that's asked, a piece of that yes yeah, someone asked me the other day i was like okay talking meal prepping what do you want to know and they were like how do you find the recipes and i was like i just make them up i make them up i make them up like yeah. i i am not your here's the thing if you're one of those people that wants someone to explain how to make shredded chicken in your crock pot i am i'm not that person there are great mommy <laughs> bloggers out there who will give you a step-by-step guide with beautiful photos yeah I, I'm giving you ideas. Yeah. I'm giving you stuff to use, you know, uh, all, I just, I, I can't, I don't have the patience for that. No. Nor do I have the skill set. Well, and it's, you're kind of on the journey. And I, this is, I always say to the journeymen, you know, who they want, like, I'm on the journey as well. I'm always going to be on the journey. And that means like, maybe I'll do something this way this time. Maybe I'll do it a different way this time. So it's harder for me to say, do two teaspoons of this or three teaspoons. I Cause I feel like, I don't know if I'm going to do it like that again. Right. Like, it feels like weird to make you, f- like, to chain you in yes. to something. But I understand that there are people who that's their comfort space and they can't possibly think outside of that first. So they can start here and then they can go from there. Well, even my sister and I, you know, she is very much follows a recipe point by point. She can't stray from it. She is very type A in that plan. And I'm like throwing things around kind yeah. of all over the place. I'll say this if I'm going to give you one tip on meal prepping. Get your big bulk stuff done on Sundays. So yeah. whether it's your roasting veggies, minus sweet potatoes. I love eating sweet potatoes during the week. Yeah. And if I'm going to have them for dinner, I'm not waiting around an hour for them to roast. So I roast them on Sundays while I'm watching the game. Yeah. Just throw them in the oven. You're not going to do them wrong. I mean, they're either going to be perfect yeah. or a little unperfect. Yeah. It, it, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with it. And maybe if sweet potatoes aren't your thing, do regular potatoes. Regular Get it potatoes. Done. Yeah. Throw them in the fridge. I love this. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We come back, you guys. It is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So if you want to give us a call, we can talk about slow cooker stuff. We can talk about game day recipes. We can talk about where you want to eat this week. Anything you want to talk about. 651-641-1071. Give us a call. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on this stellar Saturday. Hope you're making good plans. If you need help with those plans, you can give us a call. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, you guys. 651-641-1071. You can also send us little notes on the Twitters or, you know, as you do sometimes on the uh, the old Facebooks and things like that. Sometimes we get them in time. Sometimes we don't. But do make the effort. All right. We have uh, we have Brian on the line. Lindsay, Brian- good to hear you on the radio again. Oh, oh thanks, Brian. That's so kind you of you. Your cheese on a stick at the state fair this year. I'm so jealous. I didn't make it there. That's my go-to. It, I, it's so cheesy. Oh, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I did. That was not intentional. <laughs> so my love for cheese on the stick goes back to Valley Fair. I grew up at Valley, going to Valley Fair. Yeah, we had yeah, a, a yeah. Season pass being from yeah. New Prague and Shakopee. and so at the state fair, I would, I would. That was my indulgence every every day. Every day I was there. Wow. Yeah. Brian, did you get it this year? I do. I do not. I'm. 
I was forced to eat three cheese curds. Oh, forced. No, no, well, no one should eat an entire cheese curd thing. What? what? Hi. <laughs> Brian, do you even know me? God. Uh, my big thing is the wild rice burger, cheeseburger with onions. Yeah, that's good. So. I know. We didn't see you this year at the at the at the show, Brian. We thought no, maybe we'd see you. I didn't get there. I... <sighs> that's okay. I won't chastise you. I was second in line. But you to called be... today and that's all good. All right. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Brian. Brian. Oh, Brian's a good listener and he shows up and he says, Hey, and I love it. So yeah, it's good. Oh, that's the best part. That's the one thing I missed because I, I didn't work the fair this year and I stayed home. I thought about going. But <laughs> There's something nice about missing the fair. You are a fair person. Listen, I am. And we all know this. And it's like, it's, I, I will tell you that I have not been stopped being asked, how are you doing? Are you, have you recovered from the fair? Like literally. Well, that's what you ask people yeah, in the media because yeah. you're there so often right. and, and it's such a crazy schedule and it, it is wonderful. And it is such a great opportunity to get to meet your viewers and your listeners and, and to interact with people. Yeah. But I think if Everyone took a step back and realized, okay, every day you have to get there. Yeah. And then you have to get in. Get in. And it's, it's not, no one gets the Sid Hartman drive up to the gate. Yeah. It's not, none not of us like are that. like that. There no. are a few people who have that sort of ability, the luxury. Well, I know here they have a, a shuttle. Yeah. We shuttle from here, which is brilliant. Amazing. It's the best. It's probably the only reason I can do that and be at the fair every day is because, and there were times where I can go and come back, you know, and like we would come in studio and do a couple things here. And then when it was raining on that Monday and then we go back to the fair. And it, so it's like that ability is not something that if you had to fight for parking and had to drive in and do all that stuff, it would be easy. Well, even last year I had a pass. I had a pass to go to like to park, to park. But if the parking's full, they aren't letting you in. It's not like one car leaves and they let someone go. And it's not like you have a space sitting there waiting for you. No. So I was parking like on the north side of the fair, like past those farms in some neighborhood and walking two miles in. Now I was burning off. (laughs) You were like, this is great. I was burning off my cheese on the stick. Pre-burn. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's it's a plan. And when it's raining and then your shoes get wet, I mean... I do love it. I saw you on Twitter. That someone had tweeted something about like who has the best state fair, and like oh, all did the you see that? That was, woman was just like so surprised. Minnesota, so surprised. I don't remember who she was. She's a writer, I think, for some other publication, some national some publication. National pub. Yeah. Did you see that? Hope and she was like basically who has the best state fair, and it was like insane. And then her next comment was, "Wow, did not expect <laughs> Minnesota to come out so strong in the initial responses by a mile." I love when you go to the fair with someone who's not from here. Yeah. I was lucky enough to do it a couple of years ago with someone, uh, a couple of people from the Midwest, but someone from Chicago, and he was just like wide-eyed yeah. and like excited. I and- almost sort of feel oh, I almost sort of feel that we don't like have that perspective anymore like i've lost that i think it's magical and there's so much there's so much that i love about it and there was so much that i missed this year like i was busy doing things and i and i'm like oh, i missed this and i didn't see the horse speed trials which i love and the, those kind of things and then i think but i'm still excited for it all like that's kind of crazy hey we have Lori on the line hey Lori, what's going on today Okay, so it's my son's 21st birthday today, Okay, and we're taking up to the Joe Rogan concert down in the XL Energy Center. Okay. So I'm looking for a fun, like, bar to take him into, get him some drinks before the concert, um, and also have a, a decent dinner. Also and have a decent day. dinner. Okay, so here's what I think. I think you should go, and you're at the XL Energy Center? Yeah. Yeah, I think you should go down to Parlor, which is just down the block. 
And there, I would do this. I would get a bunch of cocktails and a freaking parlor burger as a good base. And that is like, that's going to seal the deal for the rest of the night. And they have like, you know, kind of fun food there, but, and they have great cocktails. Like they have actually some of the best cocktails in the city. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. Good luck and happy birthday. And oh my God, you're a pretty awesome mom. And also, you know, God love (laughs) you for tonight and what you're about to witness. (laughs) I think so. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. Um, that is uh, amazing. I mean, like, I mean, my kids turned 21 in different states, so that was great. <laughs> I actually, so the year I turned 21, my my sister was also getting married. And so it was like our last time to have a family trip before she got married. So I was in Mexico on a family vacation when I turned 21. Now in Mexico... You know, the joke is you can start drinking when you can see over the bar. There's really no age. So my 21st wasn't that exciting. I also had older sisters, so I may have had a fake ID. So like the whole like getting to 21 was not that thing. But it was very special to be with my family. And we had cake on this balcony overlooking the ocean. And so it was. I think uh, one of my best friends, Dr. Pepper, who she now lives in, um, she lives in Portland, but she, I remember we were in Appleton in Wisconsin because we went to, I went to Lawrence University. So it was her 21st. She's like, my mom's coming up. I'm like, your mom is coming up for this? Okie doke. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd seen a parent like being a part of it. And, you know, and it was like, and Annie kind of hung out with us for a while. And she, and then I was like, this is going to get real bad. She doesn't want to see this. So I ended up walking Annie back to like the dorms or wherever she was staying. And then, um, and then I went out with Elizabeth, Dr. Pepper and being like, all right. And then by the end of it, I remember holding her hair back while she's puking in a planter. And I was like, your mom did not want to see this. Let's be clear. This was a wise decision, but like, oh my God. Yes. I don't think, and I was raised by the German mother who said, don't tell me the things I don't want to know. Yeah, my mom is in that phase right now. Uh, Basically, like the second I turned like 24 and I was like, you know, really on my own and and figuring out life, I started divulging a little too much. (laughs) Too much? Stop it. She's like, wait, you did what? Yeah. Like I I shared this post uh, on Instagram the other day and it was like, mom, it was like a mom talking and she's like, no, don't make make sure you don't hang out with the wrong kind of people. And it was like, uh, I'm the bad influence. I'm the wrong kind of person. I'm I'm the one that the other mothers are warning their children about. Let's be clear. And then I shared a story that in high school, we wanted to go to this party at the University of Minnesota. And I may have. Created, oh my God, I saw this. I may have created a fake student council overnight trip, complete with a parent permission slip and an itinerary. I even did the little cutout at the bottom with the scissors, you know. So you like, created this for your friends to have so yeah. that they could say, oh, we're going on this trip. Uh-huh. That is masterful. Masterful. And and in I will say we were very safe. We didn't do anything bad, but lies. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> and you have now risen in my esteem. I'm so happy that you were here today, Lindsay Gunsel. And we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back with the second hour of the Weekly Dish. And we're brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. We'll see you in a little bit.